so much. In fact, just about everything has changed over the last week. While sports is a welcome distraction for many of us fans of the games, it is business and a source of income for many others. Hi, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. I'm Chris Velarde, Director of Digital Engagement for the Office of Alumni Engagement. In this episode, we check in with ESPN play-by-play broadcasters Mike Cousins, Kevin Fitzgerald, and Jay Alter, as well as Syracuse's WSYR-TV sportscaster Darius Joshua. These are guys who call games. They cover sporting events. We're going to talk about life without sports, the significance of sports in our society, and the importance of coming together in this time of social distancing in order to help one another. So we are living in interesting times. That goes without saying, no doubt about it. For folks who make their living in the world of sports broadcasting without actual games, this can be pretty tricky. And uh, guys, what have the last, what has the last week been like for you? I'll I'll start with you, Kevin, Kevin Fitzgerald. uh, You were kind of on your way, ready to go call some games and kind of got the word. There are no games to call. Yeah. Pretty dizzying times to say the least. You know, I think the word that a lot of us have been using is, is Chris, you, you even alluded to it a couple of days ago, but just unprecedented times. So, yeah. but it was, it, it was interesting. It was, it was, it was clearly uh, amazing to see how things played out from last Wednesday into Thursday morning into Thursday afternoon. I'm probably like, like the others here, Mike Darius and Jay, who, uh, who I'm sure were maybe traveling as well last week or had plans to travel and, like I'm on a flight from Tallahassee to Charlotte on my way to Nashville to spend a day at the SEC tournament before, you know, turning around, heading to New Orleans for a, a, a championship game, the Sun Belt championship game. And, um, you know, I noticed, all right, well, not going to be any fans in Nashville, but <laughs> might as well carry on to landing in Charlotte, finding out that the tournaments one by one are, are getting canceled and, said i'm grabbing my bags i'm going home uh it was it was interesting and then the domino effect starts to started to kick in so it was amazing just for me personally in real time i'm about to hop on a flight to nashville before a tournament is canceled but it's it's incredible you you obviously feel for every student athlete coach everybody who's involved in in all the teams that were affected you feel it's heartbreaking from that perspective that seasons are over but this is something i mean we're now in a great unknown right now I mean, who knows how the next few weeks and months are going to play out. Mike, where were you when you got the news? Uh, sitting where I am now in my uh, in my <laughs> office at home. And I had just gotten off a conference call maybe 45 minutes earlier with my game producer for the Ivy League tournament. We were set to do the semifinals and the championship game at Levides Pavilion, which is the home of Harvard basketball. And uh, I got an email from the Ivy League saying that the event was canceled. Uh, which I immediately forwarded on, and uh, it was a bit surprising. That's a, it was a, probably almost a week ago exactly. We're sitting here on a Tuesday, yeah. and uh, it, it was surprising because it was the first league to do it. Clearly, right. it ended up being the right move that every league has since followed. So then I moved on to the next thing I was supposed to do um, in a couple of days from today, the NCAA Wrestling Championships. So I just continued my preparation for that, and then Thursday afternoon, the NCAA sent out their release that all winter and spring championships were canceled. Um, and so since then, I've just been uh, following the news like everybody else. 
Waiting to see what's next. Jay, uh, I know you've got some lacrosse and basketball under your belt this season. What was your schedule looking like? I was driving back from a broadcast Wednesday evening, and I felt like it was a four-hour drive. And even over the course of those four hours, I would get a call: "Hey, this has been canceled. Hey, this, yeah. this isn't going to be. This is going to happen without fans." That, and then by Thursday morning, about twelve hours later, it was pretty much uniform that everything was gone. And I guess the only thing that I'll add is, you know, yes, the student athletes, yes, the coaches, all that, totally true, and I'll echo that, but. For the fans, when things aren't going right in their world, they turn to sports as an escape <laughs> from all that. <laughs> and so that's probably what makes the, the loss of sports hurt that much more, is we'd all love to escape you know, the coronavirus with sports and the fact that it's not there. Uh, we don't really have any other thing to turn to. That's That's absolutely true, and it's one of those things that we certainly – you know, I think we take for granted to some degree. It is always that thing, especially as you head towards baseball season where you've got games every single night and you think this is where I can go. And, you know, certainly we saw it after 9-11 when when teams started playing again, just that feeling of we're coming together and we're, you know, we're rooting for something. And it's it. it yeah. Is it is it important? Well, it's important in different ways. And I think that's that's the balance. Darius, you work in local sports. So you guys still have newscasts every night. You still have are, are at this point anyway, are still doing sports casts, but you're covering both local and college here in Syracuse. And, you know, what has the last bit week been like in your newsroom and trying to figure out what are we doing? Where, where do we go next? Yeah, well, it certainly felt a lot longer than, than a week. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny with all the things that have happened since really last Wednesday. Ironically, I was actually at the Patriot league championship game Colgate against Boston when it all kind of broke down and and I'm trying to pay attention to the game, you know, get out tweets about how the game's going and, and Colgate trying to return to the tournament. But that day was the day that the NCAA announced there would be no fans. So I, I did a live shot with the coach of Colgate, Matt Langle, and I was like, yeah, you know, even if you win, there's not going to be any fans. And he was like, yeah, that's weird, but, you know, it's it's the right move. And that's all we we're thinking. Like, all right, cool, yeah, there's going to be no fans at games. That that makes a lot of sense. It makes sense to, to do that and, and keep, uh, you know, people out of harm's way as much as possible. Game's going on, and then Boston ends up winning, and, and I'm getting set for the press conference, and someone in the press conference room is like, hey, the NBA suspended its season. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? And, you know, I'm trying to look into that, and, and then obviously that just kind of created the domino effect because then I saw Rudy Gobert was diagnosed with COVID-19, and, and then yeah. you've got uh, Donovan Mitchell later in the night. So it was really a, a really long day, and, and I just kind of felt that after that, on Thursday, I was like, "All right, this is gonna this is gonna snowball into a lot of cancellations," and that's what it did, and it just continued over the weekend. So it's kind of just been a long, a much longer feeling than a week. And and obviously, once the high schools went for us, that's really kind of the last thing we were sort of holding on to locally. Right. We knew the high schools were still going to be playing at least, and then they were like, "Nope, winter championships are on hold. Spring sports are now delayed." So you know, once you take that out, Syracuse obviously was done once the ACC made its decision. So we, we kind of had nothing from that point. I thought I would mend moving mostly to just doing kind of news stuff. But right now, it seems like what we're going to try to do is try to hold on to a sports cast as long as we can. It'll maybe be shorter. won't be the full time that we're always allotted every every week. Uh, on the weekend, we usually do five minutes. That's not going to happen necessarily. So uh, for now, it's just kind of trying to do more feature stories. And, and then I'll help out in the news department wherever I can. 
Yeah. I mean, and that's that's part of it as well is there is still news. I mean, you know, as we record this, this is the day that we find out that Tom Brady says he's not going back to the Patriots. And certainly, you know, we're all Syracuse guys here. And so we know that there's talk of transfers and things like that. So there is news, but that can only fill so much of a gap. Right, Kevin? Yeah, I, I think that's it. You know, it's funny, like uh, I've got ESPN and SportsCenter on periodically throughout the day and I mean, gosh, you feel for, feel for, uh, I'm just happy for some of these anchors and Mike Reese has actually got something different to talk about now <laughs> from the Brady perspective. It's not just, okay, well, the Titans are out now. Yeah, they, gosh, I think it was Michael Eaves on SportsCenter, maybe, th- I think it was Thursday night when he was interviewing Jim Bayheim and, you know, Jim made a comment like, you guys, I'm curious what's going to happen a couple of weeks from now. Mike kind of cut him off and said, Jim, I'm curious what's going to happen. Like, what are we going to do in a few days from now? Forget about it just a couple of weeks. But to your point, like, Darius, it's interesting to hear that perspective where, all right, it's it's clearly you have to answer the question, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to fill a 30-minute show? Or in your case, the sports section of that show. All right, you know, option number one is we need some more feature content. So let's let's try to let's, – let's find the stories. Or are, are there stories that we had been sitting on for quite a while here? So it's interesting to hear that perspective of, right, what is the next thing that we can highlight now to, you know, we, we still need to report or we still need to fill shows and Sports Center is going to run and so on and so forth. So <laughs> right now it's, hey, what are the, the plan Bs, if you will? Yeah, Mike, how are you filling your time as a play-by-play guy who has nothing to play-by-play? Are you are you walking around the house just kind of like play by playing your yours and your 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 wife's daily uh, routine? <laughs> I haven't gone that far yet. I, I think I may get kicked out if I start doing that. Um, we've got we've got two dogs who keep me pretty busy. And so that is a good way to get out of the house for, you know, 25, 30 minutes at a time. I'm, yep. I'm a little jealous of you, Kevin, living uh, below the Mason-Dixon line where going outside is somewhat attractive, whereas here it's still 35, 40 degrees. Um, I have loaded up on books on my Kindle because the library is closed, but fortunately, um, I'm still able to do that. And, uh, we've started watching some more movies. Um, so just trying to stay busy in that way, I I might, uh, regrettably fire up the PlayStation, which when sports returns, then, uh, I'll have to put that away. Um, but just, just trying to do things that, um, you know, I've always, uh, avoided too. So we, Cleaned our basement the other day, cleaning the bathrooms, folding the laundry, ironing the shirts, cleaning the home office. Um, so that's that's really what I've done. To, it'll, we'll, we'll see how, how long that's sustainable for. But, you know, the, a couple of things that have really stood out to me from just people within my social circle, whether it's on social media or people who I, I know, um, ha, wanted to spotlight good things that people have done. You know, Dave Pash, who's an SU alum. Um, went online and said, how can I help people in the greater Phoenix area pay bills? Uh, Danny Parkins, another SU alum who was a couple of years ahead of me, 09 or 2010, um, went on and said, who are people in the Chicagoland area who I can help and started sending out money via Venmo that way. Um, so I think that's, that's, it's great to spotlight those kinds of things because obviously there are going to be not only within our industry where it was great to see that CBS said it's going to be um, paying everybody who is scheduled to work through the NCAA tournament um, from the top to the bottom of the show, but in so many industries, people who are going to be without. And so, you know, it's it's not as though a single person can remedy that for everyone, but to make a small difference in the way that you can, I think has been really admirable from the people who have done it. 
Yeah, that's that's a great point. And, you know, to a to a far lesser and less important extent. But but to, to but there's there is value in this as well as, you know, another Syracuse guy, Kevin Brown, has been going on social media and kind of reenacting some things and using some of the, you know, the um, the technology that's available for simulated sports and, and that kind of thing. And it's just it's filling a gap. Right. It's 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 serving a purpose that. um is a distraction is entertainment and is something that can bring people together in, in a time, a time that's pretty tough. Jay, what's, what's on your plate right now. And you're, you're in an interesting spot too. Um, if you're home in Connecticut, you know, you're kind of near the episode, one of the epicenters of, uh, of, of what has been a pretty serious uh, case of this. Yeah. I, I mean, it was pretty startling just looking at the social media um, this past weekend knowing that New York City is the one of the epicenters and we're only being 45 minutes away and still seeing so many of our peers still out celebrating St. Patrick's Day and seeing yeah. kind of how tone deaf people can be. Um, on the flip side of that, obviously, you know, we're here to talk about sports, but my fiance is a school teacher and, and she's figuring out over the weekend how kids in her class that rely on two meals a day through the school system are going to get fed and how a virtual classroom, what does that even look like? And how are third graders supposed to navigate that? <laughs> um, so it, it has helped give me the perspective that, yeah, okay, we don't get to call games, which we're all really fortunate that we get to do that. Uh, but how can I help her get that set up? And, and then also filling the time, we do have a wedding coming up, hopefully that's, <laughs> still happens at the end of july and uh that's been filling our our time as well so yeah. you know one of the things that and look I, i'm going to come from a biased perspective and I'm, I'm not even going to be ashamed about it we're newhouse people we're, we're syracuse people and and we kind of understand that you have to have a, a pretty um well equipped tool built and and with whatever you're trying to do and so you know, whether you're approaching sports, you, you look at it like a journalist, you look at it, you know, from a wider perspective. Are are any of you and I, you know, Darius, you talked about it, that, that you may be called in to do some news stories and, and kind of use some of those other tools in your belt. I mean, is that something you're 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 ready and eager to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have to be right, you know, right. Uh, <laughs> without the, the games, it kind of it, it's weird. We going throughout the year, you're kind of like, oh, man, I wish I could do this story, but uh, there's a game today, so I don't have the time necessarily in that kind of sense. And I guess I hadn't realized really how dependent on the games you are. Uh, uh, we Someone had mentioned it earlier, you know, the, the sports had always been that escape. It's always been there. It, it really didn't seem like anything kind of would stop it, even if it was halted for, you know, lockouts or, as you mentioned, you know, earlier, obviously, you know, tragedies like 9-11. Even if it was halted, you knew it was going to come back and it was going to bring people back together. But this is so uncertain and you don't know the length of, of how long this may, may go that, that uh, you know, kind of uh, it does leave that uncertainty and it's on the un unprecedented nature of it all. And, and Mike mentioned it earlier too, like at first you're thinking about the games, you're thinking about the athletes and coaches. And then, and then of course the fans who won't be able to enjoy those games, but then, then you start to think about, all right, there's actually a lot of arena workers who are now not sure. going to have, you know, abilities to work. And then there's people who are depending on that second job or that second opportunity just to, you know, run security, take tickets at whatever. And, and those are the kind of stories that come to your mind where you're like, all right, there's some teams even here now, like even the high school events at SRC, that was going to provide someone, a, you know, a couple extra hours of work that they're not going to have now. And, and that sort of stuff that kind of pops in your head. And you're trying to think about, 
you know, obviously the, there's a high school that, that aren't finishing their senior seasons. There's uh, coaches that aren't finishing their seniors, their, their seasons as coaches. And then there's, you know, people, parents and stuff who are going to see their kids play. And then there's now you need to factor in also the factors of potential extensions for seniors in college, getting an extra year of eligibility. How does that affect these freshmen or these soon to be freshmen from high school? That are gonna, so there's a lot of stories that you kind of think about and, and try to figure out the only problem is at this stage, a lot of people don't have the answers to some questions like that. So you're, you're trying to figure yeah. that kind of balance and, and go through it. And that part at least is exciting to try to dive into and see if you can find some answers for some people. And, but as of right now, obviously those answers are, are, are it'd be premature to have some of those answers as we're just in, I don't know, day six or day seven now without, without sports and kind of the new normal that we're used to at this moment. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, Kevin, have, have you, gotten any have you guys gotten any direction in terms of you know what to expect from espn could is there a possibility you get called in to to help out in some other areas yeah that's that's a good question it's one thing i've thought about you know maybe when the time is right just saying hey guys if there's wherever else i can help let me know but to your point about just communication and directives heck there's a there's another conference call later today just for our college baseball team, Mike and Jay, I'm, I'm sure you guys are probably are aware of that as well. But I, I will say the communication I think has has been pretty strong, at least from from the ESPN perspective. You know, last week I give you know our, our coordinating producers on the college basketball side. I think there were uh, several messages Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that I think there was two in one day, just kind of directives or. Um, you know, ideas in which or ways, hey, that let's cover the 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 virus and kind of the ever changing landscape this way. You know, there was certainly some guidance from that perspective as up until Thursday morning, there, you know, conference championship week played out. I mean, as it was unfolding, there was still, you know, up until Thursday morning, conference championships game going to be played potentially with no fans. So I, I thought that was certainly helpful. I, 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 you know, I can't imagine having to try to construct guidance like that before for individuals that, heck, no one has ever dealt with this before. Um, you know, it's funny. Spring, so spring sports, for example, there's, well, gosh, I, I, I don't know. I think we could probably sit here and say it, it, it is the likelihood that we end up playing, uh, that, that colleges and conferences end up playing spring sports this year. I'm not sure I would say it's a likelihood, but uh, there's communication still, at least from from our standpoint, on a, on a college baseball side. Look, hey, we're monitoring what the messages are from the conferences. What's next? You know, a lot of these conferences have laid out that, you know, we are suspending all game activity until a certain date indefinitely. So um, I think the, the communication, I would say, Mike and Jay, I'd be curious from your perspective as well. I, it seems to be pretty darn strong. I mean, if we've, you know, I think we've been kept in the loop as as best as possible as, as uh, folks just like us are trying to, um, you know, reel in as much information as possible at this point. We said it at the top, it's unprecedented. Mike, what have, uh, what's been your experience? We've gotten emails from Jimmy Pataro, the ESPN uh, president. We've gotten emails from the new CEO of the Walt Disney company, which has got to be an interesting time as Bob Iger just announced he was stepping away as the CEO and, and just serving on the board. But, uh, assuredly you know still there in an advisory capacity in a, in a turbulent time and then as kevin said um it started with communications from the sports that were still active between basketball and i work on softball too which i know kevin does and, and jay has lacrosse and technically 
as strange as it sounds, college baseball is not effectively done yet. Now that may change by the time this podcast is done taping. Um, (laughs) But like the SEC, I think is through April 15th. You know, I may be mistaken there that they have uh, suspended sports. So like, I still have a game on my schedule, a two, uh, two out of a three game series between Alabama and Vanderbilt at the end of April. That's technically not canceled yet. Um, But yeah, like the, the college baseball team not only has sent out all of the latest cancellations and suspensions from every conference, but also messages from um, the CDC of how to stay safe. And Disney sent out an all employees email of here are best practices from working from home. And here are resources for you to access your email and your HR things from home and, and doing all that remotely. So the communication has been great. And like Kevin said as well, it's great because it's it's given us everything that they know, but there's so much yet that we don't know. So that has been clear too of here's everything we know now. We'll be in touch and hope that you stay healthy and we'll give you more when we know more. Uh, you you got to be flexible, right? You got to be ready for anything. Uh, Jay, you know, what? How, uh, how have you felt about the communications? What, you know, you talked about you've got a wedding to plan. So that always is something that uh, that can take a, a lot of energy and time and effort. And, and you can focus on that a little bit uh, more. But, you know, just being being flexible and kind of reading the messages you're getting and, and moving forward as best you can. How are you approaching that? Yeah, I think the one uniform message, whether it be from Jimmy Pataro or our, or our coordinating producers is nobody knows. So let's not speculate. Let's all yeah. just do what the CDC is telling us to do and kind of shut it down for 14 days and we'll reevaluate then. And if we have to shut it down for, for longer, um, you know, as a company, we will do that. Um, I, I think it speaks volumes when you look that the Disney parks <laughs> have never been shut down for as long as they're going to be shut down. So, look, everybody is kind of echoing the same thing. And rather than, you know, it's nice for the baseball guys that they they can hold on to, hey, we could be back in late April. The reality is we don't know. Lacrosse has already come out and said we are going to be done no matter what. So we can't even hold on to that hope. Um, But the reality is nobody knows what it's going to look like a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now. So we're just in this holding pattern, which is bizarre. Well, you know, as, as has been talked about it, things moved so quickly. Um, you know, Darius mentioned Wednesday was a long day. We we lived like a week and a half in a day, at least on, on that one Wednesday. Right. And, and maybe over the last week we've, we've lived three months. I mean, it's just, it's, it's moving so fast. You really do have to be flexible. Um, I, I want to wrap it up though, by, you know, we talked at the beginning a little about how sports, does mean so much to people and it is such a a positive distraction and if you guys can um you know just kind of think back on on the season uh seasons that were that you you covered give me one moment um that really kind of will help you just to look back on and smile and think about and think all right this is why i do this this is why we do this for for our for the fans and, and for the people who are watching and uh you know kevin i'll start with you yeah, I'll tell you what, I, I'll i think back to just, this is the first one that popped into my mind in regards to this year, and I'm probably going to be missing many others, but I I think I, what I love about, you know, how where we cover sports at ESPN, a lot of us, Mike and Jay, I think there is, there's certainly a, um, not only to, hey, we're there to cover the game, but 
Hey, let's cover the people there as well. So th this was the first example that popped up. I feel like ESPN gives us a great platform to cover the person as well, to cover not just the, the team or who's winning, who's losing, who averages X amount of points or whatever, but hey, let's cover the players. Well, there was, there was a place so I was covering a, a game at Auburn. One of their players just had a child recently, was getting married coming up. Um, and we just, we, we, we covered that story coming out of a break. You know, we had a couple photos of his of his young little one who was just a couple of months old. So I don't know. That was the right in the moment here. That that one that's that example sticks with me. That I think that side of it. Not we're not just there to call the game. But we're also there to kind of cover the people that are involved as well. I mean, they, these are basketball players or softball players or baseball players, but they're also human beings as well. So yeah. like that's just a story like that kind of meant a lot to me, and I think the person who I was calling the game with as well. So just being able to share that with with the viewers, I don't know that that meant a lot. That part is really fun when you kind of peel back the layers to a team or a player or a coach or something like that. So I'm probably leaving out too many things. <laughs> that was the first one that popped in my mind from just a couple of months ago. Mike, what uh, what what stands out for for some recent coverage that you've been able to provide? Well, so I, I I pulled up my entire schedule, which you know my quote unquote work year goes basically from Labor Day to Labor Day, um, <laughs> and for for me the way that I have begun to view sports, where when I was you know when when newspapers were a thing uh, in print form anyway, and I would get <laughs> up and and rush to read the box score, it was all about the results. But like Kevin said, it's so much about the people and the places of the season and being a younger guy in the business, the games that I'm calling are the games that lead up to the really big games. And I'm not calling mm -hmm. the biggest games yet, but I think of I, the first college football game I did this year was Georgia Southern at LSU. LSU ends up being one of the best teams in the history of college football. So we were there on the ground floor of that. Uh, I think about going to Colorado State in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, my football broadcast partner and I, Kirk Morrison, love to do spin classes on Saturday morning. We went to a <laughs> fitness festival and did an outdoor spin class. Um, getting to see Florida State basketball in person at the beginning of the year, uh, November 6th, they lost at Pitt, uh, you know, a, a middle to bottom of the pack ACC team, and Florida State ends up winning the league, their first league championship since basically I was born 30 years ago. Um, getting to intersect with uh, North Carolina basketball, December 15th, they lose at home against Wofford and mm. North Carolina ends up being the worst team in the ACC this year. That was kind of like the first stone to crumble or the first piece of the Jenga tower to fall, I guess, if you will. Um, and, and getting to see college wrestling in person this year, I mentioned before that, you know, that, that championship ended up getting canceled, but college wrestling is unique in that there are 330 athletes involved in those championships. You have 33 wrestlers at 10 weight classes. So I, I think what's what I'm sad about there is that there are so many stories that are not going to be told this year. And the preparation for that, you know, really begins in January when when the when they get into conference action. And so it's it's just so many stories that I just have to put on the shelf. Um, and, and people that you that you don't get to meet and stories that are untold that we'll never know about. So um, it's it's all those people that we get to see that I think Kevin highlighted really well that the 
for me, it's in, 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 in order. It's somewhat the people, the places. And then if the sporting event happens to be competitive, that's almost a tertiary benefit of the job <laughs> that it's, it's, it's an exciting result, even though the process leading up to it is always fun. Yeah. And that, you know, those kinds of stories help you really think about those student athletes who are missing out on these opportunities, particularly the seniors who, you know, maybe coming back for another year is not an option. You know, you, you just don't know. Each story is individual. Jay, um, what, when when you've been listening to these guys talk, what are you thinking about in terms of your experience over the past uh, the past seasons? Well, one, one quick comment, Chris, to, to Mike is, you know, those stories shouldn't be lost. I, you know, if you have the time, I definitely think maybe something that we could do just kind of brainstorming on the fly is the stories that we were going to tell should still be told, whether that's mm. through social media or another platform. I, I like what Scott Van Pelt has been doing the last couple of nights on Sports Center with senior night, because a lot of these spring athletes won't get their senior nights um, in high school and college. So I, I don't know, just an idea to try and, you know, make it not so you know, you have the stories, we've got these stories, maybe there is a platform that we could come together and, and try and get those stories out there. For for me personally, the, you know, the 2019-2020 season will be marked with the, the launch of the ACC network and just been in, incredibly uh, happy to, to be part of that and tell some great stories, get to call all 15 ACC basketball schools um, this season, the league that, you know, grew up watching and and thinking, man, will I ever get to do a game at Cameron Indoor and getting to do that. Um, so just a lot of bucket list uh, check marks this basketball season being a part of of that network launch. Yeah. And, and you know, Darius, you know, these guys are talking about the sports stories that, that won't get told, but maybe there's there's the opportunity certainly at, at, at the local level to to find some of these stories and, and tell as many as you can, um, you know, in in these coming weeks and months. Yeah, it's it's funny, uh, Jay and Mike. Uh, you know, you two guys are kind of in our our file system back at the office because you guys have called so many ACC games this year. <laughs> we got you in the uh, in the archives in the DVR situation there, but uh, but yeah, certainly, yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned the the stories that need to be told or still could be told, Jay. And and uh, it's right now what we're kind of doing is it's kind of funny because obviously all, a lot of our news coverage is telling people wash your hands, social distancing. So it does feel kind of weird trying to get out and do a story, but still trying to also follow those kind of guidelines and make sure you're keeping yourself safe, keeping whoever the subject you're interviewing safe as well. So that's a, that's a balance that we, we have to work through uh, as well. And thinking back to this year, kind of what sticks out is, you know, you do think about some of those athletes who had their seasons, their careers just kind of ended so abruptly and then that sort of sticks out. But, but the one that, that I want to mention here is uh, going back a couple months, we do a high school ba- basketball show on the Fridays called uh, Friday night fever at new show nine. And, and uh, generally it's just kind of the best game of the night. You know, the game will think will be the closest come down to the you know last couple of possessions kind of thing. And one of the games we actually picked this year, uh, we picked it for a non basketball reason. There was a teacher at a high school uh, central square um, who was diagnosed with cancer and she was diagnosed in the fall and basically, from that point, they, they held a game for or held a fundraiser for her at uh, one point during the earlier in the season for a pink out game. And then later, they from like the point that she was diagnosed, the entire community was raising money for her. So uh, the coach tells me that they're going to do this. And, and, you know, we get there beforehand. They pre- present her with a check and the check's like $15,000. And when he told me the number, I was like, <laughs> like, you know, this is a bunch of high school kids and, and you know, a smaller community. And they were able to raise so much money for her. She broke down in tears. It was it was fantastic to see and, and to see uh, 
community come behind a, a person like that. And earlier in the season, you know, Tiana Mangakahi was there from the SU women's basketball team. She was there earlier in the season uh, at the fundraising event, kind of showing her support. Um, and it was just kind of cool to see her there. And then it, ironically, SU actually ended up bringing her to the dome later for SU, the SU women's pink out game against Boston College, I believe, uh, or maybe it wasn't Boston College, but either way, it was SU women's pink out game. And she was there with a bunch of other breast cancer survivors who were, you know, so it was just kind of cool impact to see um, the way sports can kind of bring people together and the way that the communities can kind of come behind, come behind people who are going through certain things. And I feel like that's something that could happen now where, you know, there's people who workers and things like that, as I mentioned earlier, who are going through stuff. And uh, you mentioned Scott Bumpel, what he's doing for high school seniors. You mentioned, uh, you know, the other broadcasters who are helping out other workers in, in their community. So it's, it's just kind of an opportunity to see the humanity that is there in, in our country, even though it's such uncertain times. My thanks again to Mike Cousins, Kevin Fitzgerald, Jay Alter, and Darius Joshua. Really appreciate their perspective here. Like all of us, they're trying to figure out what these next few weeks and months are going to look like. If, like them, you find yourself with a little extra time on your hands these days, I invite you to check out archived episodes of the Cuse Conversations podcast and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Velarde. Stay connected, stay safe, and stay well, Orange family.